This podcast is brought to you by Podcast Nation. Hello, everyone. My name is Erin Trelore, and I am the host of Raw Beauty Talks. We're taking you behind the highlight reel of the world's biggest influencers and wellness gurus to get a raw glimpse of what beauty, health, and wellness look like in today's world so that you can feel your absolute best in your body and in your life. I'm laughing laughing already (laughs) because I can hear your cat just chatting away in the background. You want to be on the show. What's her? Is it a a girl or a boy? Hi. Her her name is Toby. Um, She was actually named at the shelter and we kept her name because she's so cute. And she's just, she, yeah, she's sorry. (laughs) She's making a lot of noise. Oh my gosh. I love her. We've never had a kitty co guest on the show, but today this is so exciting. This is our first cat guest and we have the one and only Katrina Scott joining us. I feel like already this is going to be the best episode just because we've got this (laughs) adorable little little kitty being who's joining us so if it's it's not like a baby screaming or a dog barking or my husband I don't even know doing uh, what or my other those are the best somebody's always with you 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 can't get a second on your own (laughs) even when they're gone the cat's there ready to roll yeah well you know what (laughs) she's more than welcome to be here today I am so excited to have you here Kat for those of you who are not already familiar with Katrina Scott and Tone It Up which is her incredible fitness and lifestyle business Kat is the co-founder of Tone It Up And her passion for fitness and a healthy lifestyle and wellness has really placed her at the forefront of the health and fitness industries. So I'm so excited to have her here today. We're going to pull back the curtain on what it takes to build this kind of business for the individual. We're going to talk about the power of the mom bod and Kat's going to share some tools that will help you change your perspective on working out forever. So we are going to dive into it today. Kat, can you just start off by giving us a little bit of background on how you even got into this world of health and wellness and what inspired you to start Tone It Up. Yeah. So I grew up being the heaviest girl in my elementary school. And I feel like all kids at some point go through teasing, some kind of bullying and just self-discovery. And that was my journey. And when I was about in sixth grade, Going into seventh, my dad asked me if there was anything that I wanted. Long story short, we were at like a car race and I won money out of the entire people that were like betting on cars. And so gambling is probably not (laughs) where this conversation could go. But he was like, is there anything that you want? You won $500. And I was like, and that's when he realized like, oh my gosh, my baby girl isn't asking for clothing or toys or a trip with any friends or anything like that. She's asking for a treadmill. So he was a little mortified. And so what he did was... He turned our basement into a gym and he equipped it with a stereo system and all this stuff because my parents had never told me I was even heavy. They were always like, you're beautiful. And they didn't know that Mm -hmm. at school I was being teased or even on the bus. And so I think for them, they're like, okay, let's just support her and whatever she wants in this journey. And so I started working out every single day when I got home from school And I started lifting weights and it felt very empowering. My grandmother got me a nutrition book and then I lost weight. And then all through middle school and high school, I started 
just kind of going in the weight room. I was very, even thinking back then, like I was very brave as just this little girl, but I had practiced so much at home that when I started going to the gym and I got my license, you know, I would just be in the weight room with a bunch of guys and I fell in love with fitness. And that's when I decided to go to school for exercise physiology. So I became an exercise physiologist. I really, really loved fitness in college, but then things kind of took a turn where I no longer wanted to work out alone in a weight room with a bunch of guys. And fair enough. (laughs) And I got my group fitness certification and I asked my advisor, Christine Miles, if I could start teaching group fitness on campus. And she's like, yeah. And she was thinking, you know, Wednesday nights at 6 p.m., not sure how many people would go. They've had a long day at school, on campus. And sure enough, my first class, I was so nervous. And I turned the corner to walk into where I was teaching. And there was a line of 60 plus girls outside waiting to take my class. And girls that I didn't even know wow. on campus. And so I was like, oh my gosh. And so I had this CD that I made of a music <laughs> mix. And the, yeah. the first song I'll never forget was SOS by Rihanna. Mm. And we had so much fun. And what made me realize that I wanted to get into not one-on-one personal training. I trained a lot of men as a personal trainer and athletes on campus and things like that. But where I found my passion was when I would teach group fitness, I saw girls on campus connecting in my class and leaving and talking to each other that had seen each other on campus for a couple of years, or maybe lived in the same dorm room and never spoke that Mm. had been passing each other in classes and never said anything. And then they connected through fitness. They connected in my class. We had fun and I would watch everyone leave and be forming relationships and friendships with each other through feeling very vulnerable going to a fitness class, kind of making it through the whole thing and then high-fiving at the end. So I just felt like creating that sense of female relationships was going to be my mission. And when I moved to Boston, when I got out of college, I became a master trainer for Boston Sports Club, but I really, really wanted to teach group fitness. And then a couple of years later, I moved to Manhattan Beach with my boyfriend at the time, now husband. And I was like, I'm going to do, I'd already started doing YouTube videos for fitness. But when I said, I'm going to move, I'm going to do group fitness, and I'm going to film fitness videos on the beach in Manhattan Beach. And I had never even visited. I was like, wow. So I think when you, when you really feel passionately about something and you keep your eyes open to something, then you can really manifest anything that you want. And so I moved here. I started filming fitness videos here um, in my kitchen on the beach. And then I was teaching group fitness at the gym. And that's where I met Karina. And I was like, Hey, do you want to film fitness videos with me? And she's like, yeah. And then that was just. <laughs> And then that's, and, and that's the where rest is history, <laughs> the rest is history. So that's where I really, I was like, okay, this is my calling and this is what I'm going to do. Wow. Incredible. I mean, I always, always say that the first step in any movement forward is having a really clear vision of where you want to be and, and what you want your life to look like. And it's so amazing to me that you were able to create this life for yourself without even having lived in Manhattan Beach or, you know, fully done it, but you, you just made it happen. You took those baby steps forward and look what you've created now. It's truly incredible. Thank you. 
it's not to say that I, I do get that question a lot. You know, how do I find my passion? I don't know if you can hear Bella in the background, but she's just a little bit. I love it. It's this is raw beauty talks. I'm always like, it's supposed to be imperfect. Uh, Bring the whole family. <laughs> Let the cat yeah, say the, her thing. <laughs> all the noises here. You know, a lot of people say, you know, how do I find my passion? How do I know? I feel very blessed that I was like, okay, this is what I want to do. But it took taking very brave steps to get to that point. And so it wasn't like in elementary school, I woke up and said, this is what I'm going to do with my future. And not even in high school when I was in the weight room, when I decided to go to school for exercise physiology, I still didn't know it was going to be women and fitness and connecting women and all that. It was saying, okay, I like this and I'm going to move forward with this. I feel passionate Mm -hmm. about this and I'm going to give this a try. And all of it is very scary. Like walking into the weight room for the first time at 14 years old was very scary. And I would have my mom drop me off. And then as soon as I could drive myself to the gym, it was like independent teen going to the, and I would go and I would (laughs) do it. But if I didn't take those brave steps, then maybe I wouldn't have found my passion. And if I hadn't asked my advisor, if I could start teaching classes because classes weren't even being taught on our campus yet. And I want to point that out too, because I don't think that Mm -hmm. you always know, you always just have to say, okay, I have this feeling and I have to be brave enough to ask for it. And if you're not brave enough to ask for it, it will never happen. And that finding your passion. So finding your passion, you have to be brave enough to even ask to find your passion. And you have to ask yourself. And everyone around you, you know, because you need support around you. And I'm so blessed that my parents, my college advisors, my professors, I I have so many professors that I am still in contact with at Keen that I just, I thank them all the time because they were the first people to say, yes, you can do this. Yes. When you graduate, you're going to go here. And then even to start my first website, because I feel like anyone who started a website probably has a million domains. And there was this guy named Bo who worked with me at Boston Sports Club that said, you have to start buying domains. Right now is the time. What domain names do you like? And, you know, I just think that it's really important to surround yourself with people that you can also ask for those things and then they support you in return. Oh, that is such a good point because when we talk about having a vision, sometimes that's not coming up for people. They don't know exactly what they want to create with their life. They just know maybe that they're feeling stuck in that moment. So I love that you're saying just open yourself up to the possibility of figuring out what you're passionate about, what lights you up, and then follow that, follow those little callings or those little glimpses or the little things that, that light you up and take steps forward. And that, that can also be a beautiful way to find your passion and create a life as well. Yeah. Being scared is a good sign. If you feel Mm -hmm. naked and vulnerable, it's a good sign. If you're having to ask anyone in your life, Hey, I'm going to do this. Will you support me? It's a good sign. If you are Mm -hmm. uncomfortable, it's a good sign. Mm -hmm. And so that's one of the biggest things is it's constantly asked, you know, how do you find your passion? How do you, how did you know? And it was a slow and steady journey of just being vulnerable and saying, okay, I'm going to do this. I want to go back to when you were a little girl and you were feeling, can you remember that moment when you realized I'm overweight or that kids are teasing me and that all of a sudden you gained this awareness about your body and what it looked like? Yeah. I mean, there there were so many moments where I think back then girls were using the word skinny. I want to be skinny. Oh, look at these 
skinny girls or on the playground, they could, oh my gosh, this is another thing, holding, holding ourselves up on like the monkey bars during recess and things like that. Anything like that I couldn't do. So I already knew mm. that my abilities weren't as strong. And then I knew that girls were talking about the word skinny. And then I knew that that wasn't me. And so my mom brought me to the mall and I was about in fifth, fifth grade. And we were walking through the mall and there was a store mm -hmm. called five, seven, nine, and it was sizes, I believe five, seven and nine. And it was a young trendy store for girls. When we walked in and my mom was holding my hand and the woman looked at me and said, I'm sorry, we don't have anything in the store to fit your daughter. Oh my God. My mom and I talk about this moment and she put on such a brave face and we left and she didn't say anything to me and I didn't say anything to her. And it was almost like it was an unspoken. She was maybe thinking in her head, did she hear that? I'm not going to, mm -hmm. if it doesn't bother me, then maybe it won't bother her. Yes. And so it was this unspoken thing. And I think that that was one of those moments where I was like, okay, I am heavier than any other girl, maybe my age or something. And so I think the biggest thing is that I wasn't healthy. I wasn't eating well. I wasn't exercising. I wasn't in any sports or anything like that. And I really wanted to do things. So that's when I decided to join the tennis team and start doing things in the summer. I asked my parents if I could take swim lessons and they were totally supportive. And it took me again, asking for those things because my parents never pushed me on sports or pushed me to do right. anything. Right. They talk about now the importance of girls in particular being involved in sports and, and activities like that, not so much for their body weight, but for their own confidence and yeah. to, to develop those female friendships and to develop a relationship with their body, similar to the one that you were talking about in regards to the power that you felt when you started weightlifting and training and yeah. that it really helps us to value our body in, in a way that is different than based on our appearance. And so they talk about, you know, in research studies that so many girls now are dropping out of sports and the impact that that's having on their self-esteem. I'm so oh. curious to know hearing your little one in the background right now <laughs> and having the experience that you've had growing up. Have you started to think about how you're going to talk to this stuff with Bella or are you even going to bring it up? Is it just going to be part of the lifestyle that she grows up in? Like, how do you as a mom navigate this world of health and wellness? I think the biggest thing and actually, you know, a lot of people ask, you know, what is your management style or what is your parenting style or those types of things when it's new? This is so new to me. I think the biggest thing that I can do is lead by example. And so that way it's never pushed on her. She will never hear me say anything negative about my body or about yes. another female. Mm -hmm. I will never speak poorly about another female's body. I never have. And I will never talk about myself in a way like that. I'll never put myself down. And so hopefully that will translate to her. And then if she says something about her own body, you know, that's something that I have to really think about. And she's 10 months old. So... <laughs> I you have, have a, bit of a little bit of time, <laughs> but, but I do have some mom friends that say, you know, it was never an issue. And now my daughter's in school and she came home and said, mommy, my fat, those are the type of things where I have this lump in my throat when I hear that, because I think about my younger self and I think about what my parents did for me and they didn't say yes or no or anything. They just wanted me to feel confident and healthy. 
And they said, well, do you want to start exercising? Do you want to do this? And how can we empower our kids? And how can I empower Bella as she's growing up and make sure that she always feels confident and secure with herself? I don't know. It's one of those things too, is that I may not have the best answer right now. I just know that what I'll do for the example that I set. And then when things come along, I'll be sharing my journey and I'll be like, Mm -hmm. oh my gosh, you know, Bella maybe came home from school today and said X, Y, and Z. And this is what I said out of my motherly instinct. And I think that's another thing is that if we can help ourselves and work on ourselves, then things will be more instinctual of how we parent. When we work on ourselves and our own mindfulness and the relationship that we have with our own body, if that's healthier, then we will be more confident in leading our children. If I didn't work on myself and then she came home from school and said something, maybe if I was lost in my own space, then that would reflect on her. But we'll get there. (laughs) Sounds like you're Um, going to nail it. I will be following along and we'll figure it out together because I think our daughters are about the same age. And it's definitely, yeah, it's definitely something to consider. Not something I don't think that our parents had to navigate as much then. But now it's, I feel like it's just so... It's so common that it is a conversation or something that so many moms are thinking of. And I know so many of our listeners are trying to navigate that exact thing. Fast forward to the end of 2024. Think of your goals for a second. What can you do right now to give yourself the best chance of succeeding? If you want to learn a new language, you absolutely should get Babbel. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that really don't help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts to help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversation, and Babbel's tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teachings so you're ready to practice what you learned in the real world. If you're heading to another country, anytime soon, start using Babbel a few weeks before you go to learn basics like how to order food, ask for directions, speak to merchants without having to consult language apps while you're away. So fun. Here's a special limited time deal for our listeners. Right now, get 55% off your Babbel subscription, but only for our listeners at babbel.com slash raw beauty talks. Get 55% off at babbel.com slash raw beauty talks. That's spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash talks. Rules and restrictions may apply. This episode is brought to you by Lola V, an award-winning hair care line founded by the fabulous Jennifer Aniston. Jen got tired of the same old struggle we all faced, choosing between hair products that work and ones that are actually good for us. With Lola V, that dilemma is history. We all put our hair through the ringer. That's why it's crucial to have products that not only repair the look of the damage, but also shield your locks from future harm. Enter Lola V's bestsellers, the Glossing Detangler and the Perfecting Leave-In Conditioner. They're your hair's new best friend. For a limited time, you get 15% off your entire order at lolavie.com. Just use the code RAWBEAUTYTALKS at checkout. Lolavie is all about naturally derived plant-based goodness, no silicone, sulfates, parabens, or gluten, and of course, cruelty-free and vegan. That's 15% off your order at lolavie.com with promo code RAWBEAUTYTALKS. You can only use one promo code per order and discounts can't be combined. After you purchase, they'll ask you where you heard about them. Tell them I sent you over. Don't let those bells scare you. The holidays are right around the corner, but I've got your back. 
I just wanted to pop in here to remind you that the Raw Beauty Co. shop is now open online at rawbeauty.co. You can find my favorite selection of teas, essential oils, and I want to highlight one of my absolute favorite things in there that makes the coolest, most personal gift. You can find a selection of beautiful still agendas, planners, and notebooks. And for only $5 extra, they will customize your planner or notebook with a gold monogram initial. So amazing. I hope none of my best friends are listening to this because that's what everyone is getting this year. One of my favorite items is their LBN, their little black notebook. It is so sleek looking. You can either get lined pages or blank pages. It looks so bomb when you put the little gold initials on the bottom. You can thank me later. Head on over to rawbeauty.co to cross off all those final items on your list. Or if you're like me and just getting started, that's cool too. All right, let's get back to the show. When you talk about investing time in yourself and doing the work yourself, what does that look like for you? And can you talk a little bit about your relationship with your body and how it's changed over the years as you've moved from growing this beautiful platform in the fitness world to becoming a mom? Yeah, I think it's continual. The relationship that we have with our body, we don't wake up one day and say, okay, we're good. There are so many things that are constantly changing. And as women, we have to know that that's going to happen. And if we're constantly knowing that there is no, it's hard to say that if there's a consistent message, but for me at one point, I wanted my body to perform as a fitness professional and I would train and I would do those very Mm -hmm. best things. And then now I'm training to function as a mom (laughs) yeah, (laughs) and giving my body grace. And I work out my biceps so I can hold my 23 pound daughter when she needs to be held and rock to sleep. And so I think being open to change, not being attached to anything. I see a lot of women in our community. And this is a conversation that I've been trying to have too, where we look at pictures from 2012 and we say, Oh, I was really in shape then. Or we look at pictures from high school and we say, Oh, I was confident at that point. Or we look at a pair of jeans that we wore before we got pregnant and we say, Oh, I want to get back into those jeans. And so this is something that I've been trying to talk with everyone where we don't want to use the word snap back anymore. And we don't want to say we're going to get back into shape or mm-hmm. we don't want to get back into our jeans because I don't want to say the word back anymore. I don't want to go backwards. We're only going to go forward. And as we evolve as women and as our body changes and as we set new goals, we want to say, this is my new body. This is my new strength. These are my new goals for the future. And so Mm -hmm. anytime that we catch ourselves saying back, then that's where the real work begins because we never, ever, ever want to look backwards. And so I think even with each other and the conversations that we're having with each other, saying to a woman, this happened with me a lot, especially as a fitness professional, oh, you'll get back into shape right away. You're going to have your body back within three months. You'll be only belly and you'll gain no weight and you'll get your body back. And right there, that was a lot of pressure. And at three months postpartum, I still looked like how I did when I was four months pregnant. And 
I shared that on my Instagram because where everyone told me I would be back to where I was, I was not. And I was okay with it because we put such a high expectation on ourselves to go backwards or to go back to a time where we were happy. And we don't have to do that. And as soon as we release those expectations, then we can be happy with ourselves and proud of our bodies and proud of our journey. And sure, I had moments where I was like, nothing fits. Mm -hmm. I have cellulite. (laughs) There's cellulite everywhere. There's, There's stretch marks. I don't fit into my old jeans. And so what I did is that anytime that I noticed that something wasn't good for my own mental health, I was like, okay, I'm not going to go backwards. I actually donated my whole closet, (laughs) which is a little extreme. Um, So I thought there are women out there that need my clothes more than I do right now. And if these clothes don't make me feel good about myself, I'm going to donate them to women who need them. And I'm going to start over. Mm. And I don't have any pre-pregnancy jeans. I don't have anything that I have to go backwards to because that pressure alone to get back into our pre-pregnancy jeans is a huge conversation that I don't think is necessary. And there are women that do fit into their jeans that were pre-pregnancy and that's amazing for them. But every pregnancy is different. Every woman's body is different. The metabolisms are different. Our yeah. DNA is different and our circumstances are different. So I just think that if we can just have our unique journey and never look back and only move forward, that's where the work is. Oh, preach. I think it's so refreshing to hear this from somebody in the fitness industry, because as somebody who's not in it, sometimes when you look at social media and all of the accounts, it feels like the fitness world can be very exclusive in a way. It's like everybody has a specific body. This is what healthy looks like. Has your body changing through pregnancy changed your definition of what healthy looks like at all? And I think there's a lot of, you know, conversation about this in general right now, but can you talk at all about your definition, tone it up's definition of healthy and what a healthy body looks like? Yeah, I think that's something that we've been consistent with from the very beginning. We've made sure on tone it up to never focus on losing a certain amount of pounds. You'll never hear us talk about you'll lose weight here, you'll lose 10 pounds in 2 months, like things like that. So (laughs) Karina and I decided that early on and body positivity has been something that has been important to us from day one. Karina and I also decided that none of our workouts would be aimed to fix anything. So you'll actually never see a workout from us that says, I don't even like saying these things, but I'm going to say it because it was, we hear it um, everywhere. Yeah. This workout will fix your love handles this workout will fix your saddlebags and Mm -hmm. things like that. And so many people asked us to do those things. We actually got a book deal early on in our journey of Tone It Up and every single chapter was going to fix a problem area. And we just said, you know, we don't believe that and we only work off of positivity. And so whether it seems intentional or not, when you visit toneitup.com and you do any of our workouts on our app, now you'll notice that Everything is very positive. And instead of someone saying this workout gets rid of your love handles, we always say this works your beautiful waistline and you're going to be strong and confident. Mm. And so right there, we've already said you're beautiful and we've called your waistline beautiful, no matter what it is. 
And we've said, you're going to be strong and confident. And we're saying you are going to be that. Or, you know, a lot of times we talk in the present too, like you are strong, you are Mm -hmm. capable, you are everything. And a lot of those things, women walk away and they wonder, wow, I, I feel so amazing after I do tone it up, or I feel so confident and this is so positive. And how is it so positive? Because Corinne and I have been very intentional with that from the very beginning. And so now moving into the space, being a mom, I feel like it's still consistent. How am I going to feel strong and confident as a mom? And so fitness for us is still just working to a goal that feels healthy and feels positive and never to fix anything, but to feel strong and beautiful in our own body as we are. And you're allowed to have goals for the future, but also we want you to really appreciate where your body's at right now. And so as much as my perspective on fitness has evolved as being a mom, it's still the same principles of women are freaking badasses and we're the most remarkable beings. And the fact that we can make life and give life and do all these things and power through it, every single curve and every single dimple on my body and every single stretch mark, I'm so grateful for. Those are part of my journey and that's part of everyone's journey. And the fact that that's ever been an imperfection. I also don't like saying imperfections, you know, embrace your imperfections or we're all imperfect. Absolutely Mm -hmm. not. We are perfect. And I love that imperfection spells I'm perfect. Let's start calling everything perfect. Let's just say that we are beautiful as we are. And again, you're allowed to set goals, set goals for the future. But right now, whoever you are listening right now, I hope this weekend, (laughs) wear what you want, walk into the pool or the water or the beach in whatever you want. Don't cover up and just know that you're stunning. Mm. Thank you for that beautiful message. So, so important. I feel like there's so many women out there who know that they should be incorporating exercise into their life for their overall well-being. Forget the way that you look, forget the gene size, all of that stuff, but just simply so that, you know, you're able to find energy and have a healthy heart and maintain a certain level of strength for posture to carry you throughout the day. And yet so often we come up with excuses or reasons why we can't do it or we just don't do it. Can you talk at all about the motivation that you have to work out and where does that come from? Are you just somebody who, I mean, once you started into this, it became a habit and now you love it and you're so pumped to work out every time you go. Can you talk a little bit about what that looks like for yeah. you and, and ways that people can incorporate movement into their life? Do you have any tips to kind of help them along the way? Yeah. Motivation comes from so many different things. And I do think motivation is unique to everyone. So if we try to connect with someone that may be motivated completely different from us, then we won't feel the same way. So it all starts with, I really, truly do this and believe in this so much is journaling. And I have a journal next to my bed and it has just intentions, because I think our motivation can change, like we were saying too, through motherhood or through life or different, even looking forward to summer or a different season, something like that, where you're like, I really want to feel confident and 
focus on my mental health for all through the holiday season. And then maybe in spring, you know, I want to feel energetic and get outside and things like that. So as your motivation changes, it's important to acknowledge that. And so journaling for me has been one of the most powerful tools ever in (laughs) high school, Mm -hmm. college, and now, and especially as a mom. So it does take a little time. Of course, when we lay down in bed, we just maybe want to go to sleep right away, watch a little TV, Netflix and chill, or look at at Instagram (laughs) to escape for a second. It does take commitment. So what I want you to do is I want everyone to just try it because sometimes it's intimidating. And then sometimes you're like, oh my gosh, is someone going to look at this? And for me, (laughs) I share my journal all the time with the Tone Up community. And so you know, your partner, your roommate is like, what is this? You can be, just be open and be open to that. It's there. You don't have to lock it like the old journals that have like the little key, (laughs) you know, like you should be open about, open about your goals and be vulnerable in that sense. So I want you to write down just one intention every night for the next day. And if you miss a few days, a week, that's okay. As soon as you get consistent with it, you'll notice that your motivation and what you do and what you take action on shifts completely. And so Mm -hmm. if you can make a promise to yourself at night for what you want to happen the next day, you will be motivated and you will take action on that. And that's why I really want to stress, you know, what motivates me may not motivate whoever's listening to this. So what really motivates you to feel good mentally and physically? And where do you want to be? Who do you want to be? Visualize that every single night and how will you move your body? How will you fuel your body? What do you, maybe you're walking into a situation too. Like for me, I just went to uh, my family lake house and I knew when I would fly home with my daughter, I was like, oh, I know my mom, I love her, but there's going to be cookies, ice cream, um, crackers, cheese, and all the wine, which is fine. But I also... I wanted to feel healthy. And so mm-hmm. I do think on vacation, just choose what you want. So I said, I'm not going to have any cheese plates, so no crackers or anything like that, but I'm going to have my wine and cookies and dessert. And so mm-hmm. I had those things. So I kind of chose what I wanted and I yeah. had a, ba- a balance in that sense. So you can make goals that are short term, but really I, I stuck to that. And I'm, I'm going to tell you, there were a lot of crackers. <laughs> And and that's a very small goal. That was only a week of going home and it was a nutrition goal. And then Mm -hmm. you can have a goal that is not linked to exercise or nutrition, but you could say, okay, tomorrow, whatever challenge I face at work or home or anything, I am going to not react. I'm going to be positive and I'm going to make sure that I maintain my happiness and my positivity and my integrity, no matter what happens around me. And we all know Mm. like, however people treat us or whatever happens at work or whatever happens here or there is a reflection of how they're feeling. Because then what we can do is have a positive day. And when we come home, then we can squeeze in a workout. So I think it's everything. It's not Mm. only working out and it's not only eating healthy. It's also how we continue to maintain positivity in our life and how we navigate the whole day. And then we can really put ourselves first and our happiness first, because I really think happy people exercise and happy people fuel their body well. And Mm -hmm. fueling fueling your body well is a form of self-respect. And exercising is taking time for ourselves. So I think it's all those things. So you can make a goal for a workout, nutrition, or even just 
one of those things where you're like, any stressor that comes my way, I'm going to really just maintain me and do something for me. Mm. I love that you shared that you had the cookies and have the wine because I feel like the old school view of nutrition was that everything was very black and white. It was either good or bad food on your like healthy list or not on the healthy list. And I'm starting to see a shift with health professionals and just in society in general where Everyone's moving towards a little bit more of a fluid relationship with food and less rigid and strict. So there's less of like a can and can't and more of a focus on, is this going to fuel my body? How will this make me feel afterwards? You mentioned on your holiday that you wanted to come home and feel healthy, that you didn't want to arrive back home feeling like depleted and like you hadn't had a rest essentially. So you can use food and movement to help support that in a really powerful way. Now, I'm curious to know when you talk about setting an intention for being positive, what are some tools in addition to setting that intention that help you actually show up in that way? Because I know like so many people want to feel more positive and they don't want to react in the way that they do. But how do you actually start to create that in your life? As a very highly emotional person... Yes. (laughs) I have had to work on that. And that's Mm. why I do have to intentionally write it down. For a lot of people, maybe that's, it comes naturally to them. And so I bring that up because I have not always been that way. I have such a sensitive heart that Mm. if someone comes into a room and they're rude or, you know, they're snappy or they cut me off or they're dismissive and anything. And I'm excited. I'm, I'm pumped about something. And it used to crush me. I would come home. I wouldn't want to exercise. I would need a glass of wine. I would need to unwind from like the energy that other people bring to me. And it took me a while to realize this because when you're highly emotional, you pick up on the emotions of everyone. And so mm-hmm. if you're, if your friends are sad, you run to their doorstep And you want to help them, which is, I think it's an amazing thing. I think that when you're a a really emotional being and you can pick up on energy and maybe, maybe you also constantly want to fix things. And I do think that that's me. And so it's, you're being empathetic and loving, but also you have to know that everyone's energy around you is the energy that they're bringing. So if you can be a consistent, positive energetic person that you want to be and however you're feeling, you can bring that to the world and not everyone's going to receive it because everyone has their own things. And I love Mm -hmm. this. Someone told me this too. They're like, nothing is personal to you. Don't take it personally because it's personal to them. And Mm. when you feel positive, if you wake up, you're like, I'm going to have a great day and you go and then everything is bad. Even like a, a stranger on the subway or the person that is serving you coffee, like they had a tough morning and it is not personal to you. And the second that you take everything personally, you're going to start taking on the emotions of the world. We're all working on something. And so that is something that I I really had to start working on because I do really think when you want a positive life and of course everyone has struggles and things like that that they're working on, but you cannot take on the worries of everyone around you. You can be supportive and empathetic and be there for them, 
but you have to be able to go home. And for me now, my boundary is I come home and my energy is the most important thing of all mm-hmm. to be to be with my daughter. And sometimes if I get home at 5.30, I only have an hour and a half with her. So if I come home from work, especially as she's getting older and she's picking up on stressful energy or something that I picked up throughout the day and I bring it to her, that's going to do a lot of things for her developmental years. And so I really had to decide, especially now than ever, like I'm going to come home, put technology away, put any stress aside that maybe happened that day and also be that same beautiful, positive energy for her. I could go on actually for a whole topic on this because it's something that I've, I've really, really worked on. It's so, so important with, especially nowadays, so many things pulling at our attention. And as women, I feel like now more than ever, we're, we're juggling more balls. We're working, we're mothering, we're, you know, mm-hmm. running the household often. And then we also have so much technology in the palm of our hand that's pulling our attention. Our lives are just really, really busy. So having tools or ways to fill our own cup and to help manage that energy and to fill us back up is so important. What would you say are your favorite forms of self-care? Well, I do realize that I won't have a manicure, a pedicure, my hair clean, a facial, (laughs) a massage, um, a meditation, and like a a clear mind all at once. So self-care now comes in little ways here and there. I just went to a a conference in Denver and I had my outfit and everything, but I didn't have a manicure. So um, (laughs) I think think self-care, especially when you're juggling everything, it's impossible to have. I don't usually use the word balance. Balance can mean a a lot of different things, but your new normal is having little pieces here and there. So if you can find a slice of time for anything, whether I'm not like a big bath person, I love showers, but if a listener like loves a bath, like take even a five minute bath, like you never know what that will do for you. A walk outside self-care for me. I really just, I love going for a walk with Bella with the stroller and connecting, Mm -hmm. just being outside. And usually she'll fall asleep or if she's just, she's very quiet when we're in the stroller. That's the only time that she's probably quiet. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But that's self-care for me too. And I know that it involves my daughter, but self-care has also changed for me. I'd rather, I'd rather do that than go get a facial. Mm -hmm. I feel like in my twenties, maybe it used to be a mani-pedi and the facial. Like it was just, it was very different. Self-care for me now is connecting with Bella, connecting with my husband, taking care of my heart. I would say doing whatever makes my heart happy is a form of self-care and it comes in little ways. So I can have a messy house, tons of chaos, but if my heart is happy, that's self-care. And so those little things going and making a little picnic outside, Brian and I will just bring food at sunset and just connect with each other that I know that's such a strange way of explaining self-care, but it's, it's completely shifted for me. Yeah. And tons of dry shampoo. And all the dry shampoo. I love that answer. I talk about often people creating their own personal nourishment menu and how that you could have things on that personal nourishment menu that are different 
or that you need differently on different days or weeks. And that really it's just anything that's going to fill you up or energize you. So if connecting with your husband goes on that list, if taking a walk in nature, being with Bella, that all makes total sense. So all of those are absolutely beautiful. Now, I want to wrap things up with a little game called Tone It Up or Tone It Down. And (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to ask you about some different scenarios. And I would love to know if you would recommend that people exercise during these times or not or tone it down. Mm -hmm. Tone it up is like work Mm -hmm. it out. Tone it down is chill. Mm -hmm. Okay, so the first one, when you have a cold. Oh, tone it down. Tone it down. (laughs) (laughs) Please don't come to the gym with your big cough and runny nose. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. It's really important for your body to rest. And so zinc, vitamin C, nourishment, your nutrition and rest is so important. There's no sweating out a cold. So don't go to hot yoga where it's a Petri dish where you give everyone else the cold. Just you need to make yourself feel better (laughs) and don't go into a sauna. It's going to raise your temperature that you can't sweat out a cold. So that's it. (laughs) Perfect. Okay. Great answer. When you have a big project or a presentation or maybe an exam coming up, tone it up or tone it down. I would say tone it up, but in like 10 minutes. Our workouts on our app are a perfect example of something that you can get in because as soon as your endorphins are high, when you work out, your energy will get up. And so if you want to do a couple five, 10 minute routines throughout the day when you're studying and things like that, that'll actually increase your energy and get you moving. But yeah, you don't have to go to the gym for two hours because you're going to be just thinking about your exam the whole time and say, I really have to get home. You're going to be stressed. So something Mm -hmm. at home or in the moment, wherever you are. Yeah. I feel like it makes it so much easier to think clearly as well. Once you've got your heart rate up and everything, your body's just not all hunched over. Okay. When you're hung over, tone it up or tone it down. Oh gosh. How hung over? Like shaking or like? (laughs) No, not puking, not shaking, but you're just like, you've got what I call the fear. It's like, you're like, oh my God, you're overthinking everything. You're like, what am I doing with my life? In that way, I would say tone it up, maybe getting outside, getting moving, going for a long walk or doing something like a yoga workout, something that you can connect with yourself and get rid of the scaries. Yes. (laughs) Get rid of them. Okay. While you're pregnant. Oh, tone it up. Yeah. Yeah. And I actually have pregnancy workouts in our app. So I know I keep saying our app, but... No, this is good. Okay. Okay. I love the, no, I, I, that this is amazing. So while you're pregnant at all stages, is it like within the app with the workouts that you're giving for pregnancy, are they all the same length? Like, I feel like this is such a confusing time for people. Maybe give us a bit more detail in this area if you can. Yeah. The pregnancy workouts that I have come along with guides. And I very much tell you, you have to more than ever listen to your body. You are now exercising not only for yourself, but for something else. My entire first trimester, first baby, I was scared. I would go for walks. I was like so gentle. And then second trimester, I started to feel more energetic. And so I started lifting more weights and things like that. So I listened to my body. I think everyone expected me. They're like, are you running? And I was like, no, i I actually wasn't really running before I got pregnant. So I'm not going to choose to take up running now. Running with a bowling ball right in your pelvic floor is not ideal. (laughs) 
I, I couldn't even do any cardio. My third trimester, no. I was like peeing my pants. So it looks different for everyone because there's women that I see running even five key races or even marathons while pregnant. And that's amazing. But that means that their heart rate doesn't spike when they do those activities. You really just want to maintain your heart rate and what's appropriate for you. And, you know, I talked with my doctor too, because I wanted to make sure what I had learned was something that she was comfortable with too. And Mm -hmm. having that relationship with your doctor, because every pregnancy is also different. And I had preeclampsia. So I had a risk of high blood pressure and things like that. So I lifted, I did gentle toning and I just did my own home workouts and I felt great. And I worked out my entire second and third trimester. First trimester, I probably could have more, but I was listening to my own, my own anxieties and my own body and did what Mm -hmm. I was comfortable what I was comfortable with. And I wasn't comfortable with a lot. And now looking back, I think for hopefully if we do baby number two, like maybe I'll be more comfortable with it, but it was such a new area for me that I did what I was comfortable with. So you have to just do whatever's best for your own mental health. Amazing. I lied on the couch the first trimester and then I walked the second two and that was about as much as I could do. But as you said, listening to your own body. And I think as well, like if I known about a program or an app where I could work out at home and just do like Mm -hmm. shorter workouts and I knew that they were safe, then that would have been amazing for me as well. That's that's kind of what I started to design in the app because however I was feeling, I was like, okay, this is so needed because I was also searching for that. A lot of the workouts are, you know, short 10 minute routines and things that make you feel strong. Working on your core is so important throughout your entire pregnancy. So I did a lot of that. And then post-pregnancy, I realized how hard it was for, I got approved to work out and I still didn't find the time or the energy for another couple of weeks. Right. So understanding that I cannot be the trainer that tells you, you have to work out as soon as you get approved because that wasn't even me. So you find time maybe during nap time, but you know what? If you need a nap, you need a nap too when your baby's napping. So whatever, (laughs) whatever you need. And there's always time. You have so much time in your journey as a woman, and we are not in a rush to get our quote unquote body back. We have so much time to be who we are. So this is something that I want to stress to post baby. I'm not sure if you're going to ask this, but yeah, it was coming up next. Um, you got it. Oh, Roll with shoot. it. Okay. <laughs> no, that's great. <laughs> um, so I would say post baby tone it up when you're ready, but what's more important is to tone it down and slow it down and just soak in that time and get to know that new little baby in the fourth trimester is, is a really important time for you to just kind of be home and get to know this new life. And whether it's your first baby, or maybe you're getting to know your second and getting into the rhythm of having two, the last thing that I want you to worry about is how you're going to fit into your genes or how you're going to get your body back. I want you to only worry about your mind. I'm holding my head, your, your heart and your babies and being home. You have so much time and patience and just waiting for the time that's right for you. That's when it will come. And when we get discouraged and we have a timeline in our head, that's when we start going, I can't do this. I can't do this. But if you know you have so much time, you're only going to be more patient with yourself and give yourself grace. And so at three months when I still looked like I was pregnant, I was not disappointed. And that took a lot of obviously self-work to get to that point for when that was happening. And that's why I encouraged it. I I was okay. If I wasn't okay at three months postpartum looking like I was pregnant still, maybe I would have downward spiraled. Maybe mm. that would have made me feel 
like I wasn't worthy or that I wasn't good enough or that I had ruined something and I wasn't, there was no hope for me. And so that's where if we can change that and give ourselves grace, then we can actually achieve anything that we want, but just giving ourselves that time. Mm, So beautiful. We will wrap up this round of tone it up or tone it down on that (laughs) beautiful (laughs) message that you just shared. Katrina, where can people find you and where can they find the tone it up app? It's Katrina A. Scott at the end. It's um, on Instagram. And then our app is tone it up. Amazing. So we'll make sure we have the link for everybody in the show notes. Go check it out. It is amazing. I love that there are tons of different options for workouts. You can have shorter ones. There's slightly longer ones. It's truly incredible if you're thinking about getting a little bit more movement in your life and you want a supportive community. This is the place to go. Okay, that is it for this episode. I'm sure we could keep talking and we could cover so many things, but be sure to subscribe to the podcast so that you don't miss a single show. And if you liked this episode, please take a moment to leave a review and send it to a friend who could use this message too. You can take a screenshot and share it on social, tagging Raw Beauty Talks. We'll be regramming your posts every week. As we wrap things up, remember, as always, your body is different than any other body out there. So as you listen to these episodes, keep tuning back into yourself to see what truly resonates. Katrina, thanks again for joining us today. Thank you. And tell Toby I said hi for his, um, or I said thank you for his, his 15 seconds of fame at the beginning of the episode. <laughs> bye. Thanks. Bye. Do you ever feel like you're struggling through motherhood? You're not alone. I'm Erica Jossa, host of the MomWell podcast, therapist and mom of three. Join me each Wednesday as I sit down with guests, including psychologists, pediatricians, psychiatrists, fertility specialists, lactation consultants, and more to unravel the myths of motherhood. With expert advice, practical tips, self-love, and some coping skills to help you along the way, you can become the mother you want to be. Listen to the MomWell podcast at momwell.com slash listen or on your favorite podcast platform.